are listening to The Breakfast Show here on Faith FM. We have a wild moniker scrambling again to get those headphones on <laughs> and with a mouthful of food as we come on air. What? No? I will, I, will, I will forever call you out because I know if I did the same, you'd do the same to me. So true. But it's because we're just great friends. Uh-huh. We're just uh-huh. homies, you know, just mm-hmm. living our best lives. <laughs> we really are. Monica just re- regularly sends me videos on Instagram, and I regularly return the favor. And it's just, <laughs> it's just the greatest friendship. Yeah, I was, we do. I was talking to someone about this the other day. Like, I just don't have time unless, okay, unless you're romantically interested in someone, I just don't have the time to have a constant conversation. Oh, over, yeah, social, yeah, yeah. No. over social media, right? Uh-huh. I live a life. Like, I, I, can't, I can't just be like, oh, do I have a service? Oh, I'm driving my car. Like, give me a break. Um, but, oh, man, the kind of friendship where you can just send me. No, oh, I know. Right? And then communicate in person. Like, it's the, yeah, best. the best. It is the best. Now, hey, you might have a bit more time on your hands and you might know more no. people with time on your hands. But, look, for me right now, I'm, I'm working and I'm studying. I'm, I'm yeah. a busy boy. Yeah, I got stuff to do. Uh-huh. Let's let's just send each other memes and we'll catch up later. <laughs> yeah, call me when you want something, and yeah. don't you call for anything else. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and that call needs to be qualified with some memes as well. And like, get straight to the point. Yeah, that's true. Hey, hey, don't do that to me. I love talking to people. I love talking, but but texting it's it's tough. Hey, Monica. Yes, darling. You need to give us another clue for the oh, quiz. I, okay, hang on. Let me just find the cut under all my breakfast. Oh, here it is. <laughs> you have a buffet. <laughs> Before your food, this is awesome. I have it's a leftovers, my favorite meal. Oh, that is yeah, so yeah. good. Is that cold pasta? That is cold pasta. Leftover oh, it's my favorite. Do you know what? One of the best things about attending Raymond Terrace Mission, if you are in the Newcastle area, come to RTM Church mm. because not only do we feed you every week, it's not like a once a month thing, we do breakfast pre- and lunch yeah, as well. Yeah, and not only that. Our cooks are so generous. They make so much food that afterwards they pack up all the leftovers into takeaway containers and you can take it home. That is a dream. Yeah, so that's like a Saturday. Like for me, it's like a it's like my meal sorted. Until, Your meal prep <laughs> until like at least Monday night. <laughs> meal prep for the week. Or yeah. How many boxes yeah. of spaghetti and rice can yeah. I get? No, because they make it. They make a selection. So it's like you know, oh, you know, when you go wow. to like one of those takeaway places and they like they're having the, the close of day sale and they have all the different containers with the different options. Yeah, it's like from... that. Yeah, it's great. Anyway, oh, that is amazing. Yeah, come to RTM, even if it's just for the grub. Yeah. <laughs> okay, what city am my clue number four. This is worth uh, 200 points. Mm-hmm. Two, oh, excuse me. I was about to sneeze there. Two of Paul's <laughs> epistles are addressed to believers in this city. Oh. Two of Paul's epistles are addressed to the believers in this city. Okay. Zero, that arrows it down. Yeah, it does, really. 0491064669 is the number to call. Get your get your chance in uh, to win the grand prize draw on Friday, which is the Revive Cafe Cookbook Volume 8 by Jeremy Dixon. Really wonderful cookbook. And remember, guys, as well, to state it or star it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is referring to if you have already won a prize or you just want to play. You just want to play to play. Maybe you, you already own the prize and you don't need another one. Yeah, you don't need yeah. another Jeremy Dixon cookbook. You've and already got them all. if you don't, then you could win it and give it to me. But <laughs> yeah. what I actually meant to say was, let's yeah, no. let's say you're just playing for the fun of it. You're bragging rights crew. Um, just put a little star next to one of your answers or just state it. Just say, hey, look, this is what's up. I'm such and such and I'm just playing for fun. And we'll be like... Thank you so much for letting us know. We won't put you in the draw. Yeah, and DJ Shell will know. 
Yep. She'll know what you mean. She'll know. Because DJ Cell knows everything. She, yeah, she done. Now, you're listening to The Breakfast Show here on Faith FM, and we are going to get into... Oh, hey, just before, I got, I got some awesome correct answers coming through. As well as Message from Change, he says, Thanks for the Mark Finley Bible Study Guide. Uh, as the Mike, Mark Finley Study Bible, sorry. And the Revelation Journal that I received last week, they are great, and I look forward to using them. Amen. So shout Amen. Out, shout out, James. They are great. I love those prizes because it was like, essentially, we're <clears> enabling <throat> you to be your own theologian to make your way through Daniel and Revelation. I was talking about in my news story as well, just the need, the great need that we have to really search scripture, scripture for ourselves and to understand it so that, yeah, when the the, the gates of hell come against us and, you know, I think all Satan can really do at the end of the day is, you know, yeah, sure, that he can hurt you or he can, as the Bible says, he can destroy the body um, or bring deception against you. But he, this is the thing. Even if Satan destroys the body, if you still make a choice for Jesus Christ. That's right. Absolutely. Then, then what power does he have? Like yeah. it, it, eternally, at least. The thing that Satan wants to do more than anything else, rather than hurt you, rather than make you poor, rather than ruin your life Satan wants you to be deceived. Yeah. All you really need is the power of choice. You don't need anything else. You don't need your limbs, nothing. Yeah. yeah. The power of choice is the thing that enables us to choose Jesus and to participate in... It's our participating action in salvation. Now, it's interesting. There's some there's some arguments about that. Uh, people on the Calvinistic side, particularly the hyper kind of predeterminist side, they would say, we have no choice. Mm. But what we actually see is that the character of God is one that is so great that he extends the choice to, to all people, whether to, to be saved or not. Because and, and, and that choice is then supplemented by the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, we're not saying you then work for your salvation. It's you make a choice to choose Jesus. And that choice is then supplemented by the grace and the power of God to enable you to, to stay on that track. Amen. So I, I love that because it shows that ultimately God is so good. Uh, and he, that he give us, he gives us the ability to participate in love. He's essentially enabling consent, uh, which is, I'm like, good on you, God. Consent, mm. the freedom of choice is a powerful thing. Hey, speaking of, of consent and choices, mm. Mm. our title for our Bible study this week, the overarching topic. We've been looking at the three cosmic messages, which refer yeah. to three angels' messages. The The overarching title for the Bible study this week is The Hour of His Judgment. judgment. The nice. Hour of His Judgment. Now, let's open up the Word of God and find the, the origin of this within the three angels' messages. So we're going to head on over to Revelation chapter 4. 14. And Monica, I want you to get for us verse 6 and verse 7. Let me just turn in my NLT Bible to Revelation 14 and 6 and 7 says this. And then I saw another angel flying through the sky, carrying the eternal good news to proclaim to the people who who belong to his world, to every nation, tribe, language and people. Fear God, he shouted, give glory to him, for the time has come when he will sit as judge. Worship him who made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and all the springs of water. Mm, absolutely. So we have the angel. He's flying in the midst of heaven. He has the last message for God's people preceding Jesus' second coming. 
Amen. So, and, and after, like, Jesus will come. After this message is distributed, uh, Jesus will come. And we know this because of Matthew chapter 24 and verse 14. And this gospel will be a witness to all nations, and then the end will come. The angels flying the midst of heaven, distributing the everlasting gospel. And he's saying, you know, fear God, give glory to him, for the hour of his judgment has come. We're going to be considering this throughout all of our... Uh, week this week, the idea of the hour of judgment. But we're going to begin by reading Romans chapter 13, verse 11 and verse 12. We see this idea of judgment and the fact that we've come into the hour of it. And it's it's quite daunting, right? Like I, I, I sit in that position and I'm like, oh man, like that, 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 that that's something that could potentially be very scary for someone to go through. Mm. Uh, the, the fact that you are sitting in judgment, we, we touched on this when we had Robin, Robbie Bergen in for the show oh, yeah. all week up at camp, we talked about judgment and, and what's taking place there. We're going to, again, really dive into that idea this week. But, yeah, we can we can be sitting in a position where it's like, man, I, I do not want to be judged. Um, I, I think it's something I've heard a lot from people is like, oh, I hate it. You know, feeling, oh, that person's yeah. judgy. Don't judge me. Don't judge yeah. me, that kind of thing. We have a natural reaction as human beings against being judged. We're yeah. like, oh, I don't, I don't want to be judged. I don't want to be told what to do. I don't want to be seen as doing the wrong thing or on the wrong side. I think for two reasons that we don't like to be judged. One, it sometimes points out our guilt. And then in other times, um, you know, we feel like how can another human who is also imperfect judge me? Yeah, that's mm-hmm. right. And, oh, man, if you want a quick way to start just questioning everything, you know, <laughs> just start to think about your flaws. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or or if, yeah. if you want to quickly get someone to dislike you, point out their flaws. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're listening to The Breakfast Show. Contact us on 0491 But here we're in Romans chapter 13, verse 11 and 12. Can you read that one for us? This is all the more urgent, for you know how late it is. Time is running out. Wake up, for our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is almost gone. The day of salvation will soon be here. So remove your dark deeds like dirty clothes and put on the shining armor of right living. Mm. Wow. So here in... Within Revelation chapter 13, uh, sorry, Romans chapter 13, we have Paul giving these charge to his fellow believers. And he's saying, hey, guys, like, get right, because there's not much time. Now, Paul would later clarify this himself by saying, oh, there are some of you guys who are confused. No, there's like a falling away that needs to happen first. Like, Jesus is not coming soon. But he's highlighting the fact that as soon as you die, Jesus will come. Yeah. Because death, as we see in the Bible, like death is asleep. Mm-hmm. Like your your judgment period ends when you die. Mm-hmm. But then also when we consider the hour of his judgment, Jesus coming back, there will be a group of people who see heaven without death. So then it's like, oh, when does their judgment conclude? When, when, when does their judgment end? And, you know, that's why this judgment happens when Jesus comes back. Because it's like, oh, you know, are these people who haven't died, they haven't lived a life and chosen Jesus and died, are they to be judged righteous because of their actions and the decisions that they've made up until this point? Have they chosen Jesus, essentially? But we see here, again, Paul charging these believers in the city of Rome. He says, knowing the time, I love this in my Bible, and now it is high time 
to awake out of sleep. Amen. I, I, I'm reading from the New King James. I don't know if that phrase is in the King James, but I wonder if that was something that was uh, like the idea of it's high time. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that's a biblical phrase that yeah. has been popularized in, you know. Who knows? I, I, I want to look that up. In, is it referred to when the sun is high? Well, it's usually people say it's high time, but it's like it's time to roll. It's it's time to go. It is it is high time uh, to awake out of sleep. For now, salvation is nearer than when we first believed. Now, every day that goes past, this is true, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Every single day that passes, we are closer to Jesus' second coming. We're closer to death again. Mm-hmm. Our judgment ending, and we have less opportunity to choose Him. Yeah, and that's the call that Paul is making. Yeah. He's like, you have the ability, choose now. Yeah. <laughs> Today is the day of salvation. Then continues in verse 12, it says, the night is far spent and the day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the work of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. I love this here. He's like, hey, the time is coming. And he gives he gives us a clear indication, a litmus test as to what this looks like. And a lot of people are like, oh, what does it? What, what should my life look like when I choose Jesus? Some people would say your life look like looks like that you get rich. Your life looks like when you choose Jesus, when you have a genuine conversion experience, you'll speak with the gift of tongues. There, there are some people who say that, and that gift of tongues is a you know an undiscernible language which no one knows. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a whole host of things. Oh, when when you choose Jesus, this will happen, that will happen. Da 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 da. He's like, hey guys, salvation is nearing, judgment is coming. It's high time to choose God. And what's the litmus test of that? Laying off the works of sin and putting on the armor of righteousness. Now, again, as we said before. The work of putting on the armor, armor of righteousness is one that God is responsible for. It's one that we choose. We say, yes, God, I would like to put on the armor of righteousness. And it is it is something that he does for us. And it's so important to remember that because, again, we never want to promote the idea of, of well, I want to talk about this word. I want to talk about this word right now. It's the word sinless perfectionism. Uh, I want to talk about this word because I think it is on both sides of the theological spectrum uh, a little bit misunderstood. You have one side of um, theological spectrum that says sinless perfectionism is the state which we will be in before God where we don't sin um, because we are like, you know, we're, we're fully saved and we don't sin. Uh, the other side says that sinless perfectionism is evil and you're taking away you know, the grace of God. I think that a balanced perspective on this is really what's needed because sinless perfectionism or the idea of becoming sinless, which is something that will eventually happen to all of God's people, like in heaven, there will not be sin. Mm-hmm. Uh, there won't, and we know that there won't be sin because there won't be death and death is the natural outcome of sin. So, but, but then it begs the question, it's like, okay, this this sinless perfectionism you know, how, how do we get to the point where we're quote-unquote perfect or, or we're without sin? And it is fully by the power of God. It's like we make a decision and the power of God then works in our lives to bring us to that point. It is his work to make us perfect. And this is what the Bible says. He says he will perfect the work that he is doing in you. He is the author and the finisher mm. of our faith. Now then people... 
you know, there is some talk about, okay, well, how far does that go? You know, before Jesus comes back, do we get to a point where there is a generation or a last generation that is perfect? And I don't really want to weigh into that conversation right now. Yeah. But I think the essential idea is when we live a life choosing and following Jesus, I see the basic outcome here. It's like that we cast off the work of darkness and we put on the armor of light. Mm -hmm. It's like, and it's, I'm praising God because of that. Amen. Because if I had to live under the works of darkness, my life would be miserable. Yeah. My life would be terrible. But God is ever working and ever helping me. His grace is ever sufficient and his power is ever strong. But then we we ask the question, okay, well if we if we take place in this, will we end up on on his on his good side? Will we end up on his you know where if I do a good work, am I in? Am I, if I don't do good works, am I out? How do I weigh up my works? You know, how do I make sure those, those works are happening? And I want to turn the corner a little bit in our Bible study and to look at what it's referring here when it's, what it's referring to here when it says the hour of judgment has come. This is a reference deep within the old Deep back to the Old Testament. In fact, Revelation is probably one of the most Old Testament-focused books that there is. It's just constantly referencing the Old Testament to make illustration. In fact, I was sitting on a plane with a Jewish guy. His name was Yehuda, so he was he was legit. Like yeah, he was, wow. he, was a, he was a legit like religious practicing Jew. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's not only a, a, a cultural like he's ethnically Jewish, but he is a a practicing religious Jew and. He said to me, he's like, yeah, you know, I talked with some of my friends and, and we've read the book of Revelation and we're like, wow, this is just the most Jewish book. Wow. Like, That's unusual. And, and, but then it's like the yeah. revelation of Jesus Christ. And uh-huh. we actually had an, a, fa- a fantastic conversation where he was talking about how he believes that Jesus could be the Messiah. And I was like, amen. Wow. That's what I believe. Wow. It, was, it was a whole story. I've, I've told it here before on yeah, Faith of Fame. Okay. I think I, I mentioned it a couple of weeks ago, but, uh. It, 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 it's cool to see like people of the Jewish faith who are incredibly familiar with what's happening in the Old Testament. In fact, I was sitting behind beside this guy and he was reading the Bible in Hebrew. He was reading like Psalm 95. So I was like, that is really cool. And that's how we started a conversation. But um, they can identify so clearly like, oh, man, Revelation is such a Jewish book. Mm. It is so Old Testament based. And they, because they're so familiar with it, they constantly see those connections. So we're going to be looking at it. It's like, okay, the hour of his judgment has come. What is that referring to? What, what does that mean? And and what Old Testament basis do we have to understand how it is that an hour of judgment could come at the end of time? Because it's like, there's lots of speaking within this conversation. There's lots of different opinions and ideas going back and forth of, oh, well, when did the judgment happen? Did it happen at the cross? Does it happen at the end? Has it always been happening? Has it never been happening? There are, there are universities that would say God never judges. Mm. And Jesus never judges. And everyone goes to heaven. Uh, and I sit here and say, well, I don't think that that's consistent with Scripture. And I Absolutely think there's not. definitely a new, more nuanced argument. But even when it gets to those nuanced arguments, there's then differences. And we're going to be spending time after the, the song coming up. We're going to be spending time in the book of Daniel, actually, to get perspective on what, does it mean, what it means for this hour of judgment to come so that we can completely and fully understand, oh, what am I supposed to be doing? 
right? It says, okay, lay off, lay off my bad works, the good works. But, but how does this work? Like logistically, what's taking place? Who's judging? How are they judging? Why are they judging? We're going to be looking at all of that. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Yo, oi. 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 You're listening to The Breakfast Show. I love being Australian. <laughs> just saying, just saying no those words. I was just up in Byron Bay. Byron is so international. Oh, is it? And, uh, you know, I just, I just meet people. I just love meeting people. I just love walking down the street in Byron, you know, going shopping and just like hanging out in the shops and then just like meeting people, just hearing like cool accents and Rubbing stuff. shoulders with celebrities. Yeah. Except I didn't see any celebrities while oh. I was there, but I definitely saw those houses because we took like a bit of a back road out and we would, we were driving down this road. And it was just like rolling hills out oh, onto the coast, right? Mm-hmm. And it looks like just so picturesque and natural. And then you just see this like mansion. mega mansion on the <laughs> yep. top of the hill yep. with this huge gate. It's like all like wire fence and then this massive gate. Uh-huh. And then like these huge mansions. And I'm like, okay, that's 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 Zac Efron or Chris Hemsworth or whatever. <laughs> yeah. like, you know, whoever, like, that's that's this celebrity or that celebrity or this rich corporation guy's holiday house or something Yeah, like yeah, that. right, yeah. But it was a... Actually, we pulled up in this little township just outside of Byron. I forget what it was called. But it was just, like, it was little and it was kind of rinky-dink, but then everything was painted white and everyone was driving Teslas and there was, like, Ugh. old guys on bicycles. Like, and then, like, but not only Teslas, but, like, there was a lady filling up. They had a two-pump petrol station there oh. that was attached to a cafe that a lady was filling up her, like, Can-Am, which is, like, a, a non-registered, like, a buggy thing because she'd been doing farming. But then she was also wearing, like, she was wearing, like, a Gucci flannelette. <laughs> <laughs> it was just like, wow, we're in we're in Richville right yeah, here. This yeah. is crazy. Like, it, but it was tiny. But yeah. then again, like the streets just lined with like Teslas and and in Porsches and stuff. It was it was wild. And then uh, we're there in that Mitsubishi Pajero 2014. <laughs> you know, filling up some diesel. It was so fun. Anyways, we're gonna continue on with the show. Give us another clue for the quiz. The final clue. The final the clue. Quiz. What city am I? Paul gave a definition of love to the church located here. And if you've ever been to any wedding, you would have heard this definition of love. Hey, absolutely. <laughs> yes, chapter 13 of a particular book. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> the love it. chapter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so what city am I? Paul gave a definition of love to the church located in this city. Mm. Uh, 0491064669. Yeah, absolutely. You're listening to The Breakfast Show. And as we said, we were talking about the hour of his judgment as has come and the illusion that's being made here back to the Old Testament. And we're talking about how Revelation is such a Jewish book, the things that it's saying, again, are an illusion back. Well, that, that idea itself, you know, in this gospel, we preach you know, as a witness to all the world and then the end will come. The hour of his judgment has come. That's an illusion back to Jesus himself. But again, these illusions go Further. These references go further, all the way back to Daniel 8. We're going to be reading Daniel chapter 8. And could you read for us Daniel 8, 13 and 14, Monica? Daniel chapter 8, verses 13 and verse 14. We're going to be looking at a very prophetic portion of the Bible. In fact, this is essentially Revelation's twin. So you've got the book of Revelation and the book of Daniel. They are giving one narrative with a bunch of symbols that are, 
you know, cross context, but just looking at these different narratives from different views and perspectives, but both of them are in the genre of apocalyptic prophecy. You've got the first six chapters of Daniel, which is kind of giving you an overview of Daniel's life, but then from chapters seven, oh, then you've got chapter two with a prophecy in there, but from chapter seven to chapter 12 is pretty much all prophetic. Uh, And we come to Daniel chapter eight. Do you want to read verse 13 and 14 for us? Then I heard two holy ones talking to each other. One of them asked, how long will the events of this vision last? How long will the rebellion that causes desecration stop the daily sacrifices? How long will the temple and heaven's army be trampled on? The other replied, it'll take 2,300 evenings and mornings, then the temple will be made right again. Okay, so we have this scenario here where Daniel is in vision and before this conversation that he overhears, he sees this ram and this goat and they're fighting each other over a river and then one of the horns break and a greater horn rises up and, and, and whatnot. So we have this this taking place. Now, this prophecy is a really clear allusion to the future political events that would be happening within Europe, essentially, within within Europe and the Middle East, you have... And, and it, it, Daniel 8 is amazing because it just lists them by name. Mm-hmm. Daniel 8 is just like, oh, yeah, this this ram that you saw, that's Medo-Persia. This <clears throat> goat, that's, uh, you know, that's Greece. Yeah. And the little horn that turns into this great horn, that's the following kingdom after that, which we know to be the, the Roman Empire. Daniel 8 isn't messing around anymore. It's, it's just like, <laughs> it's hey, th- this, is, this is straight up who <clears throat> we're talking mm-hmm. about. And it's amazing that Daniel 8 was written preceding yeah. those events. But then, you know, we see persecution from the Antichrist, because then this, this little horn then, you know, becomes the Antichrist and we see its persecution and whatnot. And the question is asked, well, how long will this be able to do that? How long will this little horn be able to pursue God's people? When is it that God is going to bring judgment against injustice? And it's and the injustice that it's doing is ultimately the taking away of the daily sacrifices. Now, we know that the prophetic books of the Bible are written symbolically. Mm. And we have a clear, you know, a, a lot of people would read this. I, I always cut myself off mid thought, but <laughs> I, I just want, I just want to make this clear. A lot of people would read this and say, Oh, this is talking about God's dealing with the Jewish nation. Mm. But if we read scripture as one narrative and we start to pick apart these symbols, we say, no, 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 this is talking about something far more important than the temple in Jerusalem. What we see here taking place is when it's restricting, this little horn is restricting the ability for daily sacrifice. We know that the daily sacrifice of the sanctuary was an allusion to Jesus Christ living, dying, resurrecting, and then giving you know the ability for people to, to be forgiven of their sins. Essentially, you would come to the temple with a lamb, you would slit its throat, it would be an animal sacrifice, you would transfer your sins onto this onto the lamb, and as a result of that lamb's death, it would die the death that you should deserve for your sins. We know that Jesus fulfilled this sacrifice and ceremony in his death on the cross. So what is this little horn, this antichrist power that the Bible is prophetic, prophetically talking about trying to do? It's trying to take away people's ability to be saved, or at least 
hinder and stifle it. Yeah. You know, to stand in front of it, to, to, to bring it to the ground, to commit the transgression of desolation. Uh, and to trample the sanctuary underfoot. And this is language that we're going to explore and unpack more in a little bit. But then in verse 14, it gives us a bit of a timeline here. It says, for 2,300 days, and in my Bible, it says, and then the sanctuary will be cleansed. In your Bible, it says, and then the sanctuary will be made right. We're going to be spending time over the next week diving into this idea of the sanctuary being cleansed because it is all about judgment. And we have here the longest time prophecy in the Bible. It is all about the end of time. So guys, make sure to stay tuned throughout the week and uh, and getting this information because ultimately we want to know, man, how can I be on the right side of this judgment? We want to be. We want to see Jesus coming back soon. We want to be standing with him. So, again, please keep listening as we get into and explain these deep prophetic things of Daniel and Revelation. And, uh, hey, also text us and call us with any questions. 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text. And if your questions are meaty enough, we might get them on the Thursday show, our question of the day on Shell's show as well. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Good morning and welcome back to The Breakfast Show. You are joined by myself, Lawson, and my wonderful co-host... You! It's Mon. Okay, thank you, Monica. (laughs) We have come to the end of the day. Oh, we have, haven't we? And we've seen lots of people get answers correct. Yeah. Oh, am I giving away the answers now? Kicking goals. Oi, just before you do, Jackie wrote in and said, Thank you, DJ Shell. Beautiful song in the sanctuary. Isn't it lovely? Wow. Yeah. DJ Shell is chuffed right now. Mm-hmm. She puts so much work into selecting that song. You know, and you know what that work was? Firstly, knowing that the song existed, but secondly, having to listen to me. So good on you, producer <laughs> Shell. Hey, look, we're going to have some answers for the quiz right now. What city am I? It was Corinth. Of course. So after leaving Athens, Paul went to Corinth and stayed there for a year and a half. Uh, when the Jews in Corinth opposed Paul's preaching, he left the synagogue and went to the house of Titus Justice. It was in Corinth that Paul met Aquila and Priscilla, and two of um, Paul's epistles are addressed to believers in Corinth, First and Second Corinthians. Mm. And Paul gave a def- definition of love to the church of Corinth that you can read about in uh, Corinthians Chapter 13, the love chapter. Absolutely. Well, fantastic job. And again, if you have anything to text, anything to say, you know, if you just want to send us the word Corinth after we've already told the answer, hey, 0491 is the number to call or text. We have a text message here from Wayne. He writes this, Good morning, team. Blessings. Referring to the Pastor Justin about times ahead of us, the Bible says in Matthew 24, 37 to 39, People will be eating, drinking, and marrying, and giving in marriage. And in Luke 17, 28 to 37, eating, drinking, bought and sold, planted, and building. And in 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 10, lovers of money, uh, money, root of all kinds of evil. It seems only the faithful of God, or only those who are faithful to God, will see the prophecies of all the changes in the world. And a and in a way, keep quiet and turn closer and closer to God in prayer for his protection um, in the second coming. The rest will live and try to adapt to the change of the world. They will argue and fight, blame each other and have no rest. Praise God. He's filled us with the promise, a promise for us to hold on to. 
have a blessed day. Now, I, I love pretty much most of that text message. Mm. And I, I wholeheartedly agree. <clears throat> like, these are the changes that we see in the world. And that idea of they won't see it and they'll try to adapt, but it will just lead to more harm, more difficulty. That's exactly what we see the Bible saying. You know, when we come to Matthew 24, 12, and it's like the love of many will grow cold and they will be offended and, and all these different things. But there's this one little part here. It says, the, uh, it says, and those who are faithful to God will see the prophecies of all the changes in the world and in a way keep quiet and turn closer and closer to God. Now, I I don't know if keep quiet is allowed right word. I don't know if keep quiet is the right word because of what we read in Revelation chapter 14, what we've been talking about, these three angel message that goes throughout the world. It says, and sang with a voice loudly, sang with a loud voice, fear God and give glory to him. I think the message of God's goodness will be heard throughout the world. But we, despite the reaction to that, which for some people will be good, for some people will be bad, for the world and for Satan and for the Antichrist will be rejected and persecuted. Those who are following God will potentially suffer persecution uh, and, and lead that leads to martyrdom and death, but also will potentially see it all the way through and will be protected by God. But in any case, we are called to be a witness of God's goodness and God's love. That happens through word, that happens through action, that happens through everything that we do. And so I think, Wayne, I love your text message, and I think it's a charge for all of us to turn close to God. And yet, to definitely seek his protection. I'm, I'm a little bit like, oh, but the, the quietness of it, I, I'm not quite sure. But seeking his protection, absolutely. You know, God is wanting to look after us. God is wanting to absolutely to protect us. You know, you could reflect on some situations in countries where Christianity is persecuting today, and it's growing in the underground, and they're like hiding from the government. And, and whatnot, and it's like, oh, well, they're going about it quietly. But the way that these people are living are attracting people to to Christ. And so even though you could say it's quiet, it's it, they are loudly proclaiming through their lives the grace and the love of Jesus Christ. And so I would like to be one of those people too, and, and I, I pray that you listening today would also like to be one of those people. You're listening to The Breakfast Show, and we've come to the end of the show. Yes, we have. And I hope you go out and have a blessed day. Yeah, we've been talking about judgment. We've been talking about the end of time. But know that you can be used by God to mm. bring others to him, to be a representative of him. But also know that, uh, that you can know God today. Listen, guys, I want you to talk faith. I want you to live faith. And I want you to act faith. And you will grow strong in Jesus Christ. God be with you. for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.